welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, January 10th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everyone for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us in the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. We also stream the recording session into the Republicans of Second Life Cafe. Uh, If you want more information on when we record, where we record, how you can join us, uh, visit our website at frontporchtalk.net. Click on Second Life for the Second Life info. Uh, If you're looking for what we're talking about, show notes are available on the website. Uh, You can also find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, all that fun stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash Front Porch Political Talk uh, and at EC Conservative at uh, Twitter. Uh, if you want to send email comments, if you're listening on the Red State Talk Radio, on Stitcher.com, on your favorite podcast player, uh, or on iTunes or you know wherever you're hearing us, email is always taken at uh, conservativepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also use all the aforementioned uh, websites, links, and URLs to uh, to send us comments as well. Now, uh, we pick a theme for every episode, and tonight I had to ask the question, does the system work? Um, it's, it's kind of a blunt question, and, and by system, I'm not talking specifically about the Constitution, about the... Um, the documents that our country were founded with. I'm talking more about the bureaucracy, the policies, what what our government has grown into. Um, and we're going to look at a couple of different, a couple of different areas, and a couple of different articles that speak to this uh, with regards to the implementation. Um, and and ask the question, or 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 actually, the folks in the in these articles are either trying to or trying not to uh, utilize the system, and does that really work? So, um, as is typical, we tend to open with a fun, funny, or interesting story. This one had to make me. I had to laugh at this, although it is a serious article. Um, a Missouri bill defines sex between lobbyists and lawmakers as gifts. Now, what's the importance of this? Uh, Lobbyists in Missouri who have sex with state lawmakers or their aides will have to, under a uh, new bill that's been introduced, disclose that activity to a state ethics commission. Um, This is a measure that defines sexual relations between lawmakers and lobbyists as a gift, and all gifts have to be reported on the disclosure forms that lobbyists file on a monthly basis. This does not, however, assign a dollar valuation to said gift. So we don't have to worry if if it's good, then it's 500. If it's bad, maybe a little less. I don't know. Um, but it, it, it does put a whole new spin on the phrase that uh, on the concept that lobbyists will do anything to get a bill passed. Is this news? <laughs> well, 
it's it's not news, but it is. Um, I mean, let's be, let's get serious. I, I don't. I think there's more seriousness here than funniness. Yeah. Sex is certainly an inducement. If you if you stand there and just when they scan the audience at the, the State of the Union uh, talk here in a couple of days, and you tell me how many sex symbols you see sitting out there, there aren't many of them. No. Uh, maybe Paul Ryan. I don't know. Most of them are just old, gray, farty, fat, wrinkled people, men and women both. Sex with them is 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 not something that overwhelms somebody and they did it because they were swept off their feet. Sex is an inducement, like a trip to the Dominican Republic, like a new uh, Wi-Fi set, uh, a $10,000 fancy camera. All of these are inducements. And, and, and the purpose of inducements is to change somebody's vote or to nail somebody's vote down. The problem is that these things are used as inducements to support or oppose issues and inducements of any kind are a bad idea. They're bad for democracy. They're bad for the republic and they ought to be recorded and shamed. And it's got nothing to do with sex or gifts per se. It has to do with the the, the corruption of the political process. So there. Well, and 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 just to kind of underscore that point. Um, Paul Beglia, uh, Begala, Paul Begala said sometime in the 1980s that Washington is Hollywood. Speaking of corruption uh, of the political process. What's that? Speaking of corruption of the political process. Yeah, but there's there's a quote here that Washington is Hollywood for ugly people. <laughs> and and so so you know it, it that kind of underscores what you're saying here in that you know. Okay, unless unless somebody's looking for a sugar daddy, they're not going to go, uh, or or they have um, strange fetishes. They're they're not going to go hunting pol- politicians as partners. At least not the ones that can really get bills in front of uh, committees and uh, and passed. There there was an old. I thought it was a. Um, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the magazine. It'll come to me. But there was this long story about this. This individual, you didn't get to see who it was, but the women were falling all over him and talking about the, the, the beauty and the power and the, and the macho and just you know the, the the odor of just and all these gorgeous women are just getting completely beside themselves with sexual urgings. And at the end of the article, uh, it's Harry Kissinger, about eighty-five years old. Henry, Henry Kissinger, eighty-five years old, and and the whole the whole point was they had, it had nothing to do with how he looked. It had to do with who he was and the power he had, and and you know what you could get with what was between your legs. Well, and and you know just to just just to give you an idea, um, that that brings that reminds me of a of a song that. Is before my time, but I know it because I'm a Monty Python fan. They did a song about Henry Kissinger and um, referenced how he has nicer legs than Hitler and bibber, bigger boobs than Cher. Um, search for it; it's it's a fun song to listen to if you're into that kind of humor. Um, now, the reason that this particular piece of legislation was introduced in the Missouri legislature. And this is only a state requirement. This is not a federal requirement. Um, 
was that uh, you know Corman, uh, Bart Corman, who is uh, the Republican representative that proposed this, said that he introduced it in a hope that it would deter the activity. Um, now, it, it, it does go on to say that the bill excludes gift rep- the gift re- reporting requirement for lobbyists and lawmakers who are married or who were already dating before they held that job. Um, so, uh, um, and that's it, like sounds like it's too much of a good thing. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, to to answer Joseph's question that he asked in um that he asked in text, um, I don't go there. I, I'm I. I don't know if the Clinton arrangement would have counted or not. Um, though, though you know, there you got to admit that was that was a good example of that. You know, it's not as bad as Henry Kissinger at eighty-five years old, but um, you know, he had the same response from women that just wanted men with power. You know, if you look back at history, history is full of a sex. Uh, Quid pro quo. There are kings in, that have ruled over nations that have taken wives simply because they wanted to make alliances with other nations. Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. There's, there's a difference here. Two thousand years. No, no. There is a difference between um, a royal arranged marriage, in which there, there is a difference because of our democracy. Now, like sure, like uh, Larry said earlier, there's it's the same thing if you're going to buy someone a Rolex watch or a fancy car or give them a little um, something, something on the side because they're all gifts from a lobbyist. Now, if they have been dating, that's wonderful. But for the most part, you're going to have your politician class, you're going to have your lobbyist class, and if they hook up per se – it's going to be because one needs a quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah, that's and and I guess I guess part of it is that you know this is a very interesting you know 2015 seemed to me to introduce the hyphenated shaming words to me. Um, that is, you know, there's there was skinny shaming, there was fat shaming, there was rich shaming, there was poor shaming, there was white shaming, white shaming. Yeah. Um, this seems to me to be an interesting um, career sh- career shaming. Horny shaming. What's that? <laughs> horny shaming. It's it's not even horny shaming. It's career shaming because they. Do you does anybody else besides me remember the HBO weekly series called Not Necessarily the News? I'm guessing the answer is no, based on just the silence. Not Necessarily the News was an HBO show in which it, it was the predecessor, quite honestly, to um, the the John Stewart type skits and the uh, Stephen Colbert types type shows, in which they take news and make fun of it um but they took it a step further and not only were you watching them on a quote-unquote newscast 
but you watched the the lives and actions of the people that were um that were going that were um getting you know that were reporting the news and getting the news and one of the one of the things was one time they had to do a political and and they jumped behind the scenes quote unquote and said oh we've got to pump them for information and it meant exactly what the Missouri law is talking about um you know so so yeah that's that's what that that's what that article just kind of makes me think of now i want to jump to the next one um the uh the the next article on our list you know hits home for anybody in new york state um governor cuomo and the legisl and the assembly and senate in new york um voted and passed medical marijuana laws and they have opened finally the eight dispensaries across the state um from which people can obtain medical marijuana. And and this is really where the question of is the system working becomes a question. And and understand, I'm not saying do you agree with the system? I'm not I, I'm not saying is the system correct. I'm asking is the system working? So for example, New York State's medical marijuana system has I'm sorry, I said eight. It's 20 dispensaries. That is one per million people. Yeah, but they're not all open yet. And they're not all open yet. And, and they're not evenly distributed. Um, well, the dispensary... They're not. What's that? Sorry. So they're not evenly distributed. They're not evenly distributed across the state or, or across the only, population base. Only five primary sources have been approved, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to see you know what uh, <laughs> who, who their state legislators are. Well, and the, I think that would be constructive. Yeah, I, the the interesting thing here is that um, one of the companies that applied to be a state dispensary actually owns the building across the street from me. Which was an interesting, you know, okay, it's going to bring business to a small rural area that needs more jobs, that needs, you know, a a bigger tax base. But at the same time, it's going to cause a lot of interesting traffic to go through this little village. (laughs) How much do you think it it costs to get a license in the state of New York to sell liquor? To sell liquor? I liquor, I know it like, is. Uh, they can go for millions of dollars. Yeah, I I know it is. Uh, it is onerous to get a liquor license. It's just unfrickin' believable. Why is that? Because the politicians have limited the supply. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar? Did Did you really think that the state and its corrupt political process would willingly relinquish control of anything? Uh, that might provide a revenue opportunity, no matter how small that opportunity was. This is going to turn into a, the same kind of system as the, the liquor licensing board, where people get bribed, people get paid off, 
uh, the, the, the license to sell marijuana, marijuana is going to go for millions of dollars, just like liquor licenses, and it's going to be the liquor system all over again. Well, and and it's, it's not seen only, the beginning of that, and it's very clearly aimed in that direction. Yeah, and it, and it's not only that; it's also there's, um, and I want to get to guest five's comment uh, in just a minute, um, but it's not only the dispensary license. And it's not that there's a license that you have to buy a license in order to be a dispensary. There are 20 dispensaries in the state, and that is according to the language of the legislation. Do you really think that's they're going to just let those guys do that for free or a $25 no. registration? No, 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 no. Each of the locations that was selected had to apply, and I'm sure that there were some very generous donations to uh, political action ca- uh, committees. Or which may have even included sex. Might have. Yeah. Might, we, might have. And, and the surface closes. Now this this is going to go the same way as the as, as the way they sell liquor in New York State. But here's the I other mean, side you of can it. See so, it late so that's the supply side of this, and the the demand side of it is also being heavily regulated, because in order for a doctor to prescribe. Medical marijuana, which, by the way, can't be smoked. My understanding of the of the legislation states that medical marijuana can only be ingested, so it has to be packaged in something. It's not a it's not a smoke. Uh, you, you, or vape. you can't smoke it in. Um, or vape. Or vape. Did you which, say? Which actually makes, which actually yeah, makes or vape. Yeah, or vape stronger, which is <laughs> just lets you know how ridiculous this is. Uh, ingesting it actually makes it longer and can make the effects even more uh, powerful. So, Sounds like you know, a good experience there. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, uh, and see, you see, Naj, you're, 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 you're in Georgia, so this, this really doesn't, um, um, this doesn't impact you, but, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, New York state finally decided to do medical marijuana. Um, in order to in order for doctors to prescribe the marijuana, they have to take a four hour course that is two hundred and fifty dollars, and only a hundred and fifty doctors statewide have decided to take the course. Can you imagine how much they're gonna be able to charge for an office visit? Seriously, yeah. but, but you also have the flip side. Oh, you realize how many, how much scrutiny they're going to be under by the state, who is obviously doing everything they can to make sure this doesn't happen. I don't think so. I think they want it to happen, but they want to they want to skim it as as outrageously as they can. Yeah, and and you know, guest five. Um, it, it, there's two comments that guest five made that I want to I, I want to bring into this conversation. The first is that, you know, I made the comment that, you know, if the dispensary had been across the street, it would bring in some interesting traffic. And, and he said that the entire, the, um, um, you know, they just want pot. Pot smokers are nonviolent. Yeah. You ever stood behind one? Well, honestly, honestly, you're looking at the wrong demographic with that because the cities who are enacting this are cities who are looking for yuppie transplants to come to their cities work in the new tech fields and things like that. The young 20-year-olds who are professionals that smoke marijuana at night, uh, those are who they're looking for. So the new uh, revitalized Brooklyn, the new Brooklyn that we know, the new Harlem that we know, 
those are the people they're talking about. Those are the people who are going to be able to get the prescription to go. It's not going to be the average guy on the corner who smokes marijuana who's going to have a prescription. He'll still be uh, out there risk-taking when he's buying and, and smoking and selling. So it, it, it'll be a class issue as far as how this goes. And don't look at government as the main blame here. Uh, the main blame is going to be the corporations who carve out the market for themselves and make it so expensive, like he was talking about with liquor, that other other poor poor or small little companies, uh, mom and pop, they can't get involved because they can't afford to. So that's what we're talking about here. So once again, big government, big corporations, collusion, big money. Actually, Nige in New York, that's not the way it went. I mean, uh, no, there's little corner, little corner liquor stores. I mean, somehow that you know, their their great grandfather bought the license for a reasonable amount of money, and they just handed it down and handed it down and handed it down. And and you know, you got big places uh, that would like to get in the business of selling liquor, but in New York, you can only sell liquor. You can't sell anything else in that same facility. So Walmart's not in the game. You know, Safeway's not in the game. It's all these little yeah. liquor stores. Our, 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 our convenience stores. That, that would be because they choose not to. If you think Walmart can't get into it because they can't, like, come on. No, no, not. not. <laughs> They're, not in being, it. They're not in it. He's being dead serious. No. Walmart. No, I'm, I'm saying if they really want to, they will. No, well, the thing is, is that they haven't had enough sex with enough elected officials in New York State. Uh, they would have to open a separate store on a separate facility selling nothing but liquor, just in New York State. And, and guaranteed, that guaranteed, they run the numbers and decided that wouldn't be profitable enough to do, so they haven't done it. But the idea that you think Walmart can't do it because they're being stopped, like, come on, man, pick up the floors, let's pick up. Look at this. Look at look at the five members of that family. <laughs> If they want it done, you can on Walmart all day, Naj. I'm telling you how it turned out in New York State. In New York State, the, the, the way it's structured, it's not attractive to large corporations. No. It, it really is attractive to smaller outfits who pay the right people. Yeah, and, and, and here's Naj. Let me jump here in here for a second, Naj, and, and just point something out. Because I've lived in... Texas, I've lived in Georgia, and I live in New York State. And the further you go above the Mason-Dixon line, the more dismissive individuals are with the value of the Walton family. Okay, Walmart does not have the hold on communities and and demographics that in the especially in like New York State that it has in Georgia or Texas or Oklahoma or South Carolina or North Carolina. Yeah. I, I, I understand you guys decide, well, I don't think you're listening to me. What I'm trying to tell you is they have people who run the numbers and can tell them whether it's worth their while to invest heavily in an area like that. It's not because the people don't want them there. It's because they've decided those aren't the areas that they should, uh, they should go to. So that's why they're in the areas they are oh, in. Get- that's what I'm saying. You guys are telling me that they can't do it. I'm telling you, they choose not to. That's the only difference here. There's no argument, really. It's just a different well, thing. That, that's fair. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. The sky is blue. Are you going to argue I mean, with me about that? someone who works for that corporation, they choose not to. In New York, in right. New York State, there is a fixed number of liquor licenses. For, some, for Walmart to get a liquor license, 
somebody has to die. And even if it was a, 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 a financially positive opportunity, the problem is it's almost impossible to get a liquor license. Because they're well, all tied up. I, 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 need to, I, I need to introduce you to some of our government and, and officials. It's impossible. Yeah. So, so, so uh, you know, as as, as guest, guest five says on, on on here, you know, in in kind of bringing it back, you know, so this this begs this this brings us back to the question that I asked: Is the system working? So, as written, the legislature's the, the legislature's intention, and I and I kind of agree with Larry here in saying that they are intentionally making this a money pit for anybody that wants to become a part of the system. Uh, and, and, and very rightfully so, like the liquor concept. I didn't know that there was a fixed number of liquor licenses in New York State. Um, it's, it's controlled. You know, that, that's, how the, that's how they keep the price for a liquor license so high. New York State is the textbook example of political corruption. Hint of sin. Yeah. You, you think there, Joseph? Well, I thought it was bad in Louisiana, and it is bad in Louisiana. But listening to you and Larry over the years, I don't have anything on us. No. No. Oh, okay. Okay. We we live in a state in which they created a commission to search for corruption. And the minute that the people, that the corruption committee found somebody that the, the, the three men in a room that passed the budget every year didn't want to the see, governor. didn't want to see, they shut it down. And that was part of the budget agreement. Yeah. Y- you think we live in a state in which the system <laughs> well, overall is broken? You can tell the Elliot who found a bunch of corruption and then all of a sudden all of his infidelity and, and uh, prostitute behind and all of that became public. Like, it's a big game with power when you start talking about going after that kind of wealth, man. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the problem when you live in a democracy. If you look at European democracies, they're building things. They, they're, they're building things all across Europe. In the United States, we're funneling money to people, and all we're getting is uh, maybes because there's nothing but corruption. Have you ever have you ever lived in Europe? <laughs> no, Europe is not building squat. Europe is at least Europe is doing something. No, I no mean, they're not. Corrupt. No, they are we're not. We're building bridges to nowhere. We're building dams. They're, they're breaking. They're the breaking Europe are living under it. Muslim enclaves and walking away. Okay. They got the walls of a brain shrimp. Yeah, I mean, they're bringing those people in to be the new low-wage workers, which they will eventually be. And also, Europe, from 2001 to 2010, imported 50 million tons of their food. So, I mean, they they can't even feed Europe uh, from that standpoint of just looking at them, period. So, we we got a lot of stuff wrong, but so do they. We can't, as Americans, clothe our own people because of the corruption within the unions and the politicians have forced all of our manufacturing to go to China. Our roads are decrepit, our bridges are falling apart, and all because the politicians who are on the know, who are maybe getting sex from lobbyists, I don't know and I don't care, are in the take of the corruption that has turned this country into a certain from a democracy into a cryptography. Joseph, 
Joseph, I don't I don't disagree with you. The only exception I take to what you're saying is that you're using Europeans as a role model. The, 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 what's wrong with the United States today is we have this moron in the Oval Office who wants to emulate Europe. The problem it, we have is we are becoming European. It's not just, it's not just the Oval Office, though, Larry. It's not just the Oval Office. When that guy gets out of office, we're having the same problems we have now. I mean, it's easy to point the blame at him. We're having the same problems. I'm blaming the Oval Office. I'm not blaming the man in it so much. We, we have become enamored of this moronic system that the Europeans have evolved into, and they're so dearly proud of what they have, except the fact that there are, you know, there are sections all through Europe now that essentially are private fiefdoms, fiefdoms of, of a particular political or religious bent where the, 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 the central government doesn't have any authority. Europe is balkanizing as as we speak, and everybody wants to applaud Europe. It's it's nonsense. Europe, Europe wants to vote to. Get, I mean, England wants to vote to get out of the euro. Europe <laughs> wants to get out of the euro. Out of the European Union, they they were never in the euro. Unfortunately, yes, the ship, that ship has failed. Thank you, Toa. They want to get out of the common market. Okay, you blame the Oval Office, but it. Doesn't extend to the Oval Office. It goes down to your state houses. It goes down to your uh, city halls. It goes down. Every aspect of America's politics is corrupt, and it's all because of money. And see what quid pro quo you can get for your vote or for your. Yeah, and the, the biggest problem is the, the incentives are out of balance. That, like he, like Joseph just said, from president to governor, whoever the incentives are, kick the can down the road. Let somebody else figure it out. And the reality of it is there has to be belt tightening. There has to be some pain on the populace because we have to really restrict how we live and change the way things are. But if you're the one in office, hell, who wants to sit up there with low approval ratings and be considered, you know, the worst such and such ever in that particular office? And you're not going to tell people the truth. You're going to lie to them, kick the can down the road, and leave it for the next administration. So that's what everyone does. One of the biggest problems is the money game, because it costs so much to run an election, be it at state, local, or federal levels. So you're going to find donors, and you've got to get these donors to get what you to give them what you are going to give them because of their campaign donations. Yep. And when it comes down to what actually happens with this democracy, it's all about trying to get more money for their next election. That's one of the reasons why Donald Trump is being so successful. It's he is self-funding his campaign. He has been telling people on the stump that he's not going to be bowed down to lobbyists or to donors and all the other people who are funding their campaign. On, on, a, on an interesting side note here, I will say that the Playboy Mansion is up for sale, and it's only $200 million. So if you bought a, a, a Powerball <laughs> ticket and you happen to win, you could you too could own the grotto. Um, I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in as a non sequitur so that we could jump to the next article. Can I add real quick? Just remember with marijuana, marijuana is considered legal and considered all of these reaper madness uh, rumors that they brought up over the decades. But in reality, you can go buy a six pack of cigarettes right now. And cigarettes are much more deadly, much more drastic. Uh, I, 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 and marijuana is nowhere near what people think. Well, and, 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 and we just heard from Exhibit A on that argument. 
There's nothing wrong with Naj, right? Didn't it, it didn't it didn't rot your brain, right, Naj? No, no. No. But, so he claimed, but huh? I, Naj, I'll just give you food for thought. And and this kind of puts that whole Walmart and you know, if they wanted to buy their way in they could. How much is a pack of cigarettes where you are right now? Pack of Marlboro. Oh, here we're gonna here we're paying five bucks. I'm sure you guys are paying fifteen, twelve to fifteen. It's eleven now. eleven or twelve dollars a pack for Marlboro. <laughs> okay. Oh, so put that in consideration and then let's talk about Oregon. Because because I th- Yeah, okay, but but you want to compare the cigarette companies who were humbled a couple decades ago to Walmart, who was a megalith across the globe? No, I wasn't talking about the corporation. I was talking about the government there, Naj. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm talking about power, though, as far as influence and what they could do. You, you see the huge difference there? Mm-hmm. Sure. I want to talk about, I want to talk about Oregon. Um, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. Um there is for those that that haven't seen it portrayed one way or another on the news and i've seen it portrayed that it's a group of militia terrorists and it's a group of of really really misguided people that are sitting in a bird sanctuary in oregon i think it's a bird sanctuary um and and they're demanding justice for somebody that the bureau of land management apparently had arrested because they set fire to their fields with the intention of fertilizing it. BLM called it arson, and they went to jail, and then they got out of jail, and then they went back to jail. It's, not, it's say, a complicated, it's a complicated you, case. You need to get more informed. It's called a preemptive, preemptive burn, and they did it. Yep. That the burn the under they that burn the underbrush out to to keep it from becoming a conflagration like they've had in other places. It's it's a regularly approved practice by the power by uh, the forestry services all over, and they couldn't get the freaking people up there around their land to do that, so they did it themselves, and it burned off the underbrush. It worked fine. And because they didn't get approval from, from some weenie bureaucrat, they got charged with a crime called arson. They went to court, and they got a year and a half in jail, and then they got out. And then some blankety-blank judge decided that was an insufficient punishment and told them they had to go back to jail to serve a longer sentence. That is what they're in this bird sanctuary about. Well, and it also bears in mind the the law that they were actually charged under because first the first thing BLM did was hand it over to the to the state for prosecu- prosecution, and then the state judge looked at it and said they didn't do anything wrong, and then the feds came back and said, well, okay, then we're going to to charge them under this statute over here, which. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it, but the name of the statute does include the words terrorism and death penalty. In the old days, that used to be called double jeopardy. We don't call it that anymore. Yeah, well, they were never officially they were never charged by the state, so officially double jeopardy never attached on that original charge. No, and no. then they got they got they got convicted under it. They got sentenced to one year and three months for the two of them. One got one year, one got three months. And then another judge came back and said, no, the mandatory minimum is five years on this law, which, by the way, the mandatory maximum is death. Yep. Or not mandatory. Cue the Benny Hill music, man. No matter what, 
your recourse is in the courts. Your recourse is not taking over a building with guns on you saying we're here, we're here, we're willing to die. Wait, wait, wait. That is not not what this government is built on. Wait. This government. Just let me finish. Just let me finish, please. All right, then I'll finish my turn. Hold hold, hold on just a second because I'm going to correct Naj on something here. The group that originally took over, and that's the point of this article, the group that originally took over that bird sanctuary that that they caused no harm to any human life went in. They were stocked with supplies, but they were not stocked with weapons. And in fact, people who have showed up with weapons, they have thrown out. Yes. And that was the that, yeah, that, that was, was the that's the militia from Idaho that came out today, but they did have weapons. They've been showing them on social media. You can actually pull up the pictures tonight. They, they, they got handguns. Okay, so you, you admit they have weapons. Just, just let me make my point, man, because I understand you disagree. Just let me make my point. The only point I'm trying to make is if you're going to do it, do it. Like if you, if you really feel like you've been, uh, you know, your rights have been violated and you really have to go against the government, then actually do it. Don't go take over a bird sanctuary and try to present yourself as if you're some kind of revolutionary group who's going to show the government that they're acting wrong. Like, I, I just look at this as people who wanted attention. Because if you really are a revolutionary group, what have you actually done by going into a building that they actually don't care about, which is why they let them stay there all this time, and doing this? Like, this, this is more display than anything. So that's all I'm saying. We don't call this a revolutionary group, okay? You know, I we we should we should be thankful to these people that they didn't resort to armed revolution. They they resorted to what you dismiss as merely display. They resorted to bringing the attention of the injustices to the minds of the American people, and we should be applauding them for that rather than ridiculing them for well, that. And I'm going to bring in a, I'm, 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 I'm gonna bring in a comment here. I'll tell you how that plays out. Same way for Black Lives Matter. You get out there, the media sets the narrative. How are you looked at? How the media presents you? So even though you've got your message, you've got your idea, and the people who really care and, and study enough to really know what you care about, they believe in you, but the majority of the people in the country dismiss you as what the media considers you. That's why I'm saying movements like this, movements like Black Lives Matter, they were four movements, and at a certain point, it just doesn't go far enough, and it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Well, and, and the interesting thing is is that Guest 5 and Talks You said, I agree with peaceful noncompliance. Well, it's Gandhi. I mean, that's the whole thing. All the, all the people on the left think Gandhi is Jesus Christ's first cousin. This is a Gandhi type of maneuver. They don't want violence. The people who came to support them, who were kind of inclined toward violence, they ejected them. They don't want violence. They want to raise this injustice. But the Bureau of Land Management is a bunch of bureaucrats who just beat the hell out of the, out of the farmers and the ranchers. They want to raise this injustice in the minds of the public. Yep. And, and, you know, that's kind of the American way. One of the founding fathers said that when you impose so many laws that the American people become more victims than they are citizens, then you mm-hmm. And at this point, we have tyranny. But it's a two-sided coin to this because you had decades and decades of state of the federal lands being farmed or grazed or whatever that they didn't take care of the land. 
they destroyed the land for the most part. And you finally have the federal government who is stepping in and saying, you know what, enough is enough. But on the other hand, you have the citizen who is taking care of the land, who is making it more prosperous to farm the land or graze on the land. And then you have the conflict of what happens when the private citizen and the federal government butt heads. And that's what this is. You have so many laws that have been imposed by the uh, the lobbyists who are sleeping with the politicians to make sure that the spotted owl has a place to sleep at night. Well, these people have said enough is enough, and they may be sleeping with the finches for the most part, but they're going to state their claim and say, this is our responsibility, and we did what was right. That's, it may not be because of the law, but it's because of how the system as a whole should work. Mm-hmm. That you do have the bureaucracy, and it's layer upon layer of nonsense that has been trickled down through this um, system that we call the government. So they're protesting in a place where no one actually goes, which is being funded by state and taxpayer funds. So you know, let them have their little vitriol. Let them have their stay. But for the most part, look at the laws that have been written. Now, I'm pretty sure that the congressmen and the senators from Oregon are saying, we're going to disenfranchise the people who are actually doing this because, of course, they have their own stake in the game. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to what really is going on, it's a federal government who is reaching, and I use it as as a legal term, to what really is just in this country. Now, this person did nothing more than burn the undergrowth, burn the, the crap out of the uh, off the land, so he may graze his uh, his cattle on the uh, on the land. But the federal government, who has built a wall of bureaucracy, has said, you know what, you have served so many days in prison, but you're going to have to serve so many more because we decided that. Um, we decided you you need to serve some more, just to set an example to other people who decide that they're going to take matters into their own hands. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess um, you know that's this all kind of pushes to the next article, and and you're right, and and I want to give everybody a chance. I'm going to go down the list if anybody wants to jump in um, on the uh, on this on this piece. I, I will. You know, guest five um, in talks. You said uh, said uh, um, one state created 270 new laws or rules in 2015. Um, you know, name name law 122, 183, 53. Hike. Um, love that. Um, you know, I guess and 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 Toe, I think you wanted to, uh, to to jump in on this, so so I'll I'll shut up and I'll let tell you. I'll you going to the next. I thought you were going to the the Texas. Oh, one. we're going to. We're we're going to. I, yeah, I, I want to. We've got about ten minutes left on the show, and I and I want to leave. I, basically, I think we're going to be done at that one. So, um, if everybody's done oh, done yes. picking on the friends in Oregon, and and I will say, and I can't remember who said it, but you know, I I will. So someone commented. I will say this one thing about Oregon, and this is not me saying it. This is the commenter. Um, yeah, they 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 have their heads in, in very strange places. Um, they're too close to Washington State, I guess. Uh, okay, sorry, that was that was my comment there. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott 
is calling for a conference of the states. Now, the procedure to amend the U.S. Constitution requires either the assembly of a conference of states or the action of, what is it, two-thirds of the House and Senate to, to begin the amendment process, and then uh, two-thirds of the states have to pass that amendment um, in written form. Three quarters. Are my numbers right there? Uh, two-thirds of the House and Senate, or uh, and then three-quarters of the states to ratify. Okay. Um, but then if it's a conference of Isn't it or three-quarters of the states by themselves? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it can go either way, but in the end, it's three quarters of the states. Yeah. If it's if, if 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 it's not a conference of the states, then it has to start in the in the House and Senate. So no, no, the states can decide to have a, a, a convention on their own, right? Without the without the agreement of this of Congress, right? And if they three quarters of the states approve a change, it happens, right? Right, Toa. I don't. I don't know the specifics of starting it. I just know that three quarters have to end it. Right. It can begin. It can begin in the states themselves without uh, the uh, uh, encouragement of of Congress. Or Congress can, in fact, demand that the states consider this, and then it still takes three quarters. Yeah, which is which is how it's always happened so far, because there's never been such a a state. Okay, we agree. Yeah. So now Abbott is proposing that we finally use this never-before-used mechanism to, quote, uh, amend the Constitution. Right. I, I don't like that word, but that's what he's proposing. Right. So he's looking for political, a number of... You stand on your soapbox and you say something that has no chance of actually going anywhere, but the people who like you and agree with you uh, you get to look good in front of them for 15 minutes. So this political grandstanding, and, and I'll say this too, we're kind of in the same instance that Rome was uh, at a certain point to where even if somebody does come up with a good idea, the fact that that person would benefit from coming up with the idea pushes the other politicians to go against the idea because they don't want you becoming, you know, the next, no. Uh, you know, superstar politician on the team. The thing is, the people who make suggestions all the time, maybe he's got d a double uh, uh, motives in this, but the fact is he has made a legitimate proposal and we need to consider it legitimately without dismissing him because of in, impugned, uh, based on our own opinions, motives. So and let the man have his word, Naj, and let's listen to what he has to say. He is by no means the first person to propose this either. No, he's he's not. Yeah. Now, I've got a narrow field while Benghazi burned. <laughs> but for the most part, this is this is comes from Mark Levin, who wrote a book about two years yep. ago about proposing new amendments to the Constitution, and that includes term limits for your congressmen and your senators. Yep. Um, I, I've got the I've got the summary term, here. I've got the summary here, Joseph. Let me read through it real quick, okay? Here's here's the summary. Prohibit Congress from regulating activity that occurs wholly within one state. Um, currently, you know, basically restoring the concept of interstate commerce versus uh, interstate commerce. Require Congress to balance a budget. Um, 
prohibition prohibit administrative agencies and unelected bureaucrats from creating or preempting uh, state law or federal law. Um, those are two separate. You know, one is from pre from creating federal law or from preempting state law. Um, allow a two thirds majority of the states to override a U.S. Supreme Court decision. Um, require seven just a seven justice supermajority for the uh, vote for the Supreme Court because most of the Supreme Court decisions now are 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 you know five to four. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Let me finish reading that one. Require a seven-justice supermajority vote for U.S. Supreme Court decisions that invalidate a democratically enacted law. Restore the balance of power between... Or a referendum. Or a referendum. Or a referendum. Restore the balance of power between the federal and state governments by limiting the former, that is, the federal, to the powers expressly delegated to it in the Constitution... Give state officials the power to sue in federal court when federal officials overstep their bounds. Allow a two-thirds majority of the states to override a... I've got that in here twice. Oh. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me summarize as I see this so that everybody can jump in and tell me how wrong I am. Mm -hmm. what, what Abbott wants, if you, look, if you read the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, which were included in the Constitution as originally ratified. I really don't like the word amendment there because these were changes to the Constitution to get it ratified. So they're part of the original document. If you read the ninth and 10th, uh, the intent was that the states would have, never really have the necessity of checking the actions of the federal government because the federal government would have no rights that were not explicitly granted to the federal government in the Constitution. Any unenumerated right would automatically revert to the states or the people. That has been completely eroded, and everybody has forgotten. The, the, the default now is the federal government gets to do what the hell it wants, and the states have no way of checking that action. So the, the, the drafters of the Constitution never wrote in a, a, a realistic method for the states to check the action of the federal government, because the uh, way they wrote it, the federal government didn't have any authority unless it was granted to them explicitly. Yeah. So they, what Abbott they, is trying to do... Abbott was, is trying to do is to restore the ability to the states to check in various ways the action of the federal government. Now, you may agree with it or disagree with it, but that's what he's trying to do. Yep. Go ahead, Toa. Jump I in. Basically, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I want, I, let's, this, this is going to cause a lot of, this is going to cause a lot of confusion if we don't do this. Toa, go ahead. You wanted this, you wanted this next. Go ahead. I think it's important to point out that the founders did in fact, write in specific things to allow the states to check the federal government. And that was the fact that states were the ones that appointed senators. That was eliminated by the 17th Amendment. And I believe that many of these proposed amendments could be better served by simply repealing the 17th Amendment. That's true. I mean, the point is none of those checks still exist. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they did exist, but they were removed. Okay. Naj, you want to jump in on this? <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to say, I wasn't arguing about the validity of what was proposed. I was arguing about when it happened. So if six months from now we're on the road to this, hey, I'll call in here and say, look, you guys were right. I was wrong. What I'm telling you is 
the people who are in those seats of power, like, do you really think they're going to allow? I'll just sit back, man. It is what it is. Like, there's some beautiful things listed that you guys just said as far as what this could be, and I think that's an amazing thing. But realistically, the people in power decide that they're going to give up their power and be more fair and, and act more towards the Constitution. I just don't think that's realistic. I, I do not think this is a fix. I think this is something that will blow away in the wind in a few months. And we'll see. Okay, uh, and 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 I just want to I just want to throw something out here because Naj, you might have to extend your timeline a little bit, and here's why: if you look at the temperance or prohibition movement, um, the temperance movement began in the 1830s. By 1855, so 25 years later, 13 states had enacted prohibition legislation. Um, 1881, Kansas made prohibition part of the state consti- constitution. 1917, the Volstead Act was passed by the Senate. Congress passed it in 1919, and then later that year, 1919, also the 18th Amendment was ratified in most states. So you had from 1830 to 1990. You got more than... No, you got 85 or 80, 80-ish years in that time frame. Um you know, and I wish we had more time to talk about you know Governor Governor Abbott's proposals. Um, but I, I think bring you're it, right. Bring it back. Bring it back. I, you know what? I, I think I will. I, I think I will bring it back again. Um, maybe not next week, but I'll I'll put it back in the list to talk about again um, because I think it is you know something to keep track of. And and Naj, you're right. You know, there are calls for constitutional conventions every year, but that doesn't mean that the system's broken. It just means that not enough states feel that they can that that it's to the point or they don't agree on on the points. So, you know, is that system working? I think it is. This is an initial proposal. This is something that people are putting out there to say Hey, we need to talk about this. We need to bring this back up. We need to we need to make this a conversation because that's what the convention is. Um, and I'm sure there will be lobbyists there. And if they'll have sex. If it's had if it's held in Missouri, they'll have to report it when they have sex. So anyway, <laughs> I, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. We are out of time. Um, <laughs> if you liked what you heard. We ask you about we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Email us at conservativepodcast at gmail dot com. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? We'll invite you to join us again next week. We we may or may not talk about Missouri and their strange laws, but you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Good night, Chuck. Get off that senator. <laughs> <laughs>